Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we're coming to the close of the year, and uh, I want to say this, that uh, in January, on January 19th, let me just say this, on January 19th, we're going to have a Connect Day. Um, I want to encourage everybody who has or desires to join the ministry in a deeper way to come and be with us on January the 19th, as we will give you more information about the ministry, we'll talk about our beliefs, We'll talk about um, some of our guidelines and, and, and give you some expectations, and as well as we'll give you a spiritual gifts test, which you can take there. You can return later on. But I believe in the power of connecting. Amen? And I believe that uh, every joint does supply, and everyone really can help out. You can find your place and do your part. Go with me really quickly to Amos chapter 5, verse 20. And uh, uh, I want to I really... Like, I, I love doing this because I, I give you a scripture and then I'll move it to another scripture. So that's what I'm about to do. Uh, verse 18, it says, what sorrow awaits you who says, who say, if only the day of the Lord were here, uh, you have no idea what you are wishing for. He says that day will bring, what does that word say? Darkness, not light. In that day, you will be like a man who runs from a lion only to meet a bear. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, if it's not one thing, it's another. Y'all ever heard somebody say that? What was the one thing? The one thing was a lion, then the next thing was a bear. Amen. And he said, escaping from the bear, he leans his hand against the wall in his house, and he's bitten by a snake. Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless, without a ray of joy or hope. Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless, without a ray of joy. Say ray of joy or hope. So we see here, as we start this message, it's about questions in the dark. Darkness is symbolic of being hopeless or without joy. To be without joy or to be without hope, which, by the way, we've been on a series called Journey to Joy, it means that whenever we lack joy, whenever we lack hope, we are in a dark place. Amen? Tell your neighbors and neighbors, you need to turn on the light. Get your other neck because they were looking the other way. Say, you need to turn on the light. Look at the other one because they weren't, they weren't paying attention either. Say, you need to turn on the light. Amen. Some of us need to turn on the light in our house. Amen. Some of us need to turn on the light in our, in our, in our, in our jobs. Amen. We need to turn on the light. If you look at the scripture where Jesus was baptized, I forget if it was the gospel of Luke or the gospel of Mark, Jesus being baptized and the Father comes out of heaven and says, this is my son who brings me great what? 
You know, it's a good Bible study. By the way, we're going to be talking about how to have a Bible study in the month of uh, January. We're going to talk about disciplines we should have. But anyway, that's just a little a little plug for that. But, uh, you know, a good Bible study is what brings joy to God. Because we've been talking about us walking in joy, but what brings him joy? Amen? And he said, Jesus, his son, he said, you bring me great what? Joy. And if you look at that scripture, it's in one of the gospels. The Bible actually says that a light appeared on Jesus. Because I believe joy is associated with light. And light is associated with joy. God said, let there be what? Light. Amen. I believe God loves the light. And I believe that as we, we, we get into a little bit more of this message today, I do have some questions that I want to ask you and kind of give some points off of. But I believe the question that we should really be asking ourselves as we walk out of this room is, is the light on or is the light off? And I think that when you look in your life, you have to say, you know what, uh, and, and I mean, it's just in the natural. When, whenever the lights are off, you're more likely to do what? Well, trip. That's, that's why some of us tripping so much. That's a word right there. And, and, and when you're in the dark, you trip over stuff, but that also makes you more what? Hesitant. Right? You move a little bit slower. Are y'all with me? You move. What's one of the, what's that animal, the sloth? Is that the sloth? He's a creation of God. I don't know, every, every creation is like God. I don't know how creation is like God. I guess he's slow to anger. That's what it's about. The sloth's a slow, slow being. You know, they like move like, like they're doing a robot, you know. Anyway, so, so, so the sloth, we become slothful in the dark when we can't see. And we also become weary, or in other words, weary. We, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult. It's very easy to sleep on days like this. Thank God that y'all woke up and came to church. Even though you had a light shining on the outside, you had the light shining on the inside. Amen. And, and that woke you up. Amen. Glory to God. Now, some people... And they can be, you could tell them wake up all day long, but if you keep them lights off, they're going to think it's nighttime. Amen. And, and they're going to keep on sleeping. But it's hard to fall asleep when the sun is shining. Like yesterday when it was 80 degrees, 70 degree weather, feeling like a summer day. That's just, I don't know what's going on with the weather. Amen. Hopefully it'll stay like that forever. Amen. But it won't. It won't. So anyway, when the sun is shining, it's hard to fall asleep. It's hard to get weary. Now, some people fall asleep anywhere. I'm not talking about them. Some people fall asleep in a football game. Amen. I don't get those people. Amen. But, 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 but what I'm trying to tell you is that light is associated with energy and being alert and being awake. And darkness is associated with being in slumber, falling asleep, and being weary. And I believe that there are some people and that some of us, that if we're not careful, we're in darkness and we're weary and we're falling asleep to the things of God. And God may be saying, I'm trying to awaken you. I'm trying to give you some light in this series to wake you up. Can I get an amen? So in, in the dark, 
we become we become slothful. We become slow. We become, I got to praise God again. We become, I got to read the word again. We start dragging our feet. I got to love my spouse again. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. See, when you're in the dark, you slow down. There's no pep in your step. But when you're in the light, you're moving all around. See, y'all moving, y'all walking good. But let me dark out the lights and put spotlights on the, on the stage. Boy, it's going to be some people walking real slow especially some of our most seasoned folks. Amen. Y'all, it's all jokes. Amen. My point is saying, my point is just trying to emphasize that sometimes we can all walk in the dark. And, 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 and Amos is saying here, there is no ray of joy or hope without a ray or joy. I think about when you go through a tunnel. How many ever been through a tunnel? Amen. And that tunnel, you see that light at the end of the tunnel. Does that get y'all excited? Amen. What if you were in a never-ending tunnel? How would you feel? You'd be getting nervous. You'd get anxious. Driving the other way, going the opposite way of traffic. It's just like some people, they go in to get those MRIs, and they get in those little tunnels. And they get so nervous. Amen. They say, get me out of here. They, don't, they can't even go in there. Because people don't like to feel like they're cut off or they're shut off. And I believe there are a lot of people that when you talk about things like depression and discouragement, they feel like they're cut off from hope. They feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. They feel like there's no way out. They feel like they're living their whole life in a dead end. You talk about, you ask the question, why do people commit suicide? People commit suicide not because they believe they have good years ahead of them, because they feel like they have life ahead of them. They feel like they're in a tunnel with no light at the end. They can't see any light. So tell you saying we got to learn how to turn on the light. See, you, you might not be suicidal, but sometimes if the devil gets his way, he starts cutting off certain disciplines and consecrations and, and, and forms of worship that we used to have towards God. But because the light has been turned off, we're hesitant because we afraid we're going to trip over something. Come on now. We, we used to give radically, but we're afraid now we ain't going to have enough money. But the honest truth is you, you started off with no money. Amen. And it wasn't to God delivered your finances that you even had the money that you got now. So tell your neighbor, say that, don't forget. So here are a couple questions that we ask when we get in dark situations. The Bible says in Psalms 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear nor evil. And another version that says, I believe it talks about in dark places, Psalms 23, verse 4. And so when we're walking through, you know, God can take us through some dark places where it looks like all hope is gone. Let me show you a dark place in Romans 4, verse 20. There was a man, I love this scripture. You say, Pastor, you talk about this scripture all the time because I like this scripture. That's why I talk about it every time. It says, Romans 4, verse 20. Go, go with me really quickly. It says, Abraham never did what? And believe in God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. Go back with me to verse 18. Look at what it says. It says in verse 18, it says, two verses, it says, even when there was no reason for what? In other words, when he was going through a dark season. In the natural, it was a dark season. Why? Because, because the Bible says Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the what? Of many nations, for God has said to him. In other words, what was bringing him light in that season? What God said. Sometimes you don't have anything else but a God said. The Bible says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And it is a light. Y'all with me? 
See, when you get that light on, that's when you start moving around again. So you got to, you got to, one of the ways I'm going to tell you, practically speaking, you turn on the light is you got to learn how to get in the Word. Amen. You, you, can't, you can't get in the opinions of man, in the feelings of man. Come on now. You hear people talk to you, boy, they'll get you so depressed after you finish talking to them. But how many of y'all know people that have pity parties every day? I mean, people on your job, they always saying something negative. How many of you know people like, you got somebody in your mind right now, don't call them out. But they always have something negative to say. Matter of fact, if they didn't have anything negative to say, they wouldn't say anything at all. <laughs> they would be quiet. But, but tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to turn on the light. For God has said, and God has said some stuff to you all in here. For God has said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Look at what it says in verse 19. Look what it says. It says, and Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was what? He had a dark body. Amen. Good as dead, and so was who? That was a dark place dark place. What do you do when you're in dark places? You start asking some questions. And I believe one of the questions that you ask is you ask, have all my good years passed? That's the first blank. Go on and fill that in. We go through, have all my good years passed? Have all my best years? Another way you can say, have all my best years passed? Don't you love a word that says, you know, don't you love when God says, behold, I do a new thing? Boy, that's, that's why it's nothing like getting a prophetic word from the Lord. That's why this year, man, when we go into our saturate week, guess what we need to be doing? Praying and worshiping so that we can get a, uh, so, so we can get a ray of fresh light from God. You know, that's what prophecy does. You know what prophecy does? Prophecy turns the light on. You might be able to only see two feet in front of you, but prophecy will help you see 20 feet in front of you. Are y'all with me? That's why I so people, people are hungry for a prophetic word. They get in prophetic lines all the time. Pray for me. Give me a word. Some even go to psychics. Why? Because they want to know what's ahead of them. And, and your level of vision will determine your level sometimes of hope. But if your vision diminishes, your hope will diminish. Because I can't see. See, I believe this. The Bible says, huh. The Bible says we are not like people who have no hope. We don't grieve. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. We don't grieve like people who have no hope. He says why? He goes on and says because the Lord will come with a voice of a trumpet and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That means this, this, is, what he, this is what he's saying. First. This is what he was trying to get, get the point across. He said, listen, y'all. I know your loved ones and your peoples have died, but if they were in Christ, they're going to rise again. And, and, and what, he, what he was trying to tell them, he said, he was basically trying to tell them, it's not all over. It is, it's, it's, not, it's not over. Tell your neighbor's name, it's not over. Matter of fact, if you got loved ones right now that have died from cancer, AIDS, or whatever kind of disease they've had, diseases that shriveled up their body, can I tell you this? If they were believers, when they get their new body, it's going to be brand spanking new. If they didn't have hair, boy, I'm telling you, they're going to have hair all the way down their back. Now, a lot of people don't like that doctrine. They don't believe. I'm not saying that's going to get you here, but I don't believe there's going to be any bald people in heaven. Amen. Can I get an amen? Why would God give you a new body and give you another bald head? 
Why would God give you a new body and give you old kidneys again? Why would God give you a new body and give you old skin? Your skin is going to be like a baby skin. It's going to be fresh. It will never deteriorate because sin causes deterioration. Tell you, that's a better life. That's a better version. So when you think about that, you start getting excited. So whatever you don't have in this earth, God can make it up in the new world. Y'all ain't talking to me. This is what gives us joy as believers. But what's happening? I'm, I'm, I'm breaking out of what I see right now on earth, and I'm moving into eternity. We had a young lady yesterday who we had her, um, her funeral service. is actually Brother Frank Davis' granddaughter. I believe she was about 25, 26 years old. She battled with sickle cell. She, um, she transitioned last week. And we had, our, we had our funeral service. But you know what I saw that was so powerful? In the midst of everything that was going on, I saw her mama get up and start lifting her hands. You know why her mama was able to get up and lift her hands when one of her daughters went before her? That's one of the worst feelings probably ever, for your child to go before you. She's sitting there praising God because her vision doesn't stop in the earth. It moves on into eternity. And you know what she said when she was walking out? She said she's home. See, believers can see that even though I see a coffin, I still realize she's not really in a coffin. She's home. Because why? We have vision that goes beyond our present situation. That's the power of vision is that it gives you a fresh level of hope. Every one of you in here who have lost loved ones, if they were believers, you're going to see them again one day. And let me go even further. They will probably be the ones after Jesus that will greet you. Be one of the first people you see when you get in there. Let's say, I'm glad I prayed for you. Because you were acting like a knucklehead down there on earth. But thank God that God's prayer, I don't believe God, I, I believe God's prayer, when you give prayers to God, it has long shelf life. It will stay before God. Amen. God said, your prayers have come up as a memorial before me. So anyway, tell your neighbor, say, we have hope. Believers should be some of the most hopeful people in the world. Because when we breathe our last breath, we keep on living. Jesus said, anyone who believes in me will never die. Now, why is it important to realize that death really is not the end? Because what if, if God gives us life beyond physical death, even when you see financial death, he can give you life beyond financial death. Elder Glenn was just talking earlier about a woman. She was a widow woman. And this widow woman, man, it was just her and her sons, her son and her. And he probably was a mama's boy. And she got down to her last bit of cornbread, her jiffy cornbread. Y'all know about that jiffy cornbread? Yeah, how many of y'all like the cornbread with corn? I'm going to get to the point, but just raise your hand. I'm not saying it for any reason. Just put your hand down. Great. How many of you like cornbread without corn in it? Raise your hand. How many like sweet cornbread? How many like cornbread that tastes like cake? Okay, put, put your hand down. Okay, I just wanted to see if we had some real people. Other, y'all lying. Other, y'all like that. Or, y'all like organic cornbread and Vegan cornbread, amen. That don't even taste like that. It tastes like air, man. You like. Y'all so special if y'all vegan Christmases, amen. But anyway, keep moving. Okay, so this is the point what I'm saying. She got down to her last bit of bread, and the man, she said, you know what? She said, the man said, can I get a little bread? She said, I'm trying to tell you something, man of God. I'm down to my last meal, and we about to just eat it and die. He said, well, guess what? Go on and do what you plan to do. But if you obey, guess what? You will have bread for days. In other words, where there was a period, it'll be turned into a comma. 
You ain't talking to me. Why? Because God can remove every dead end. God can remove every hindrance, and he can cause life to break out. If he can split a red sea, he can split your problem wide open and make a way out of nowhere. Y'all ain't talking to me. We just sang about it, but do we actually believe it? What red sea are you facing right now? It's looking at you, and you looking at it, and it's looking at you. <laughs> you looking back at it, and it don't look like it's going to budge, and bills are piling up all behind you. And, and, and have you ever got to a place where it's like the, the last minute, the last minute? I mean, you got a place in life where it's just one of those last minute moments where you're like, God, if you don't do anything, I mean, God, if you don't heal, God, if you don't provide, it ain't going to happen. And you even start asking questions. God, why'd you do this to me? God, why'd you allow that to happen? And some of us even ask, God, have all, like I said, my good years passed. Go with me to Psalms 42, verse 4, because we got to get you out of here. So y'all can get the old Charlie's. Really my birthday party, but, you know. Psalms 42, look what it says. My heart is what? As I remember how it what? Oh, God. How many people just get sad thinking about the past and what used to happen? And you get caught up in the coulda, woulda, shouldas of life. Well, that's one of the most tormenting thoughts to have a coulda, shoulda, wouldas. Man, if I would have just stayed in school, I could have been, been making more money by now. Come on now. If the Panthers wouldn't have thrown, if they wouldn't have messed up in the Super Bowl, they would have had a Super Bowl ring right now. Yeah. The coulda, shoulda, wouldas of life. If I would have just reached out to that person who reached out to me, then I might have been married by now. I remember, I'm, I'm remembering the good days. I'm remembering the good days. Sometimes it's easier to see the light behind you than the light ahead of you. See, light is joy. Light is hope. And let me give you a secret. You can't relive your past. And one of the signs I would say of depression is you stay in your past. You get stuck. Have you ever been around somebody that all they talk about is what used to happen in high school? And they 50 and they got grades coming through all their head. They got grandkids now that are in high school and got kids that are great. You still talking about your good days in high school. Nothing wrong with talking about it. But the question is, are you trying to relive that moment? Why are you going to a high school? Why are you going to more high school games than high school students? Why are you dancing more? at the game than the people that actually go to the school because you're trying to relive that. Uh, you at all of the high school reunions. You the first person there and the last one to leave. Nothing wrong with it. My mother went to one of her reunions not too long ago. And one day, I'm not, I ain't going to never go to my room. I'll be honest, I, when I left, I was gone. Peace. I ain't go back. How many of y'all left? You never came back. Amen. Like Jesus said, you won't see these enemies again. Lord said, I ain't seeing these people. <laughs> I ain't trying to follow you on Facebook. <laughs> you know, it's a couple. Anyway, let me. I just gave you a little personal. So anyway, what I'm saying is this. What I what what I'm saying is simply this: Are you trying to relive your past? 
are you stuck in your past? And can I ask you this? If you know God has something better for you in your future, why are you so stuck in your past? Why are you driving a car looking in the rearview mirror the whole time? Because if you do that, you're subject to crash. Y'all ain't talking to me. I remember when I used to be married. I had so many good days. What if God has some good days for you ahead, even in your single state, even after the divorce? Even after the separation? What if I told you he still has joy, unspeakable, full, full of glory? Come on now. <coughs> when I used to have a job, those were my good days. What if God said, first of all, I don't even want you to have a job no more. I want you to have your own business. I want you to set... Listen to me closely. I want you to set your hours now. But you know what you said? You start remembering. I remember how it used to be. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I remember when I used to come home and there used to be a steak on the, on the, on the, on the oven already cooked with my name on it. But now all my wife bring home is Chick-fil-A. And talking about you better be happy with that. Say them, say, but I remember. Nothing wrong with me, but don't get stuck. Say, don't get stuck. You get in that mirror and you start remembering some things. God, I remember. Is that, a, is that another grace? I remember when my whole beard was black. Goodness. Then you turn sideways. Whoa, what happened there? You know what's funny? People try to put up their old pictures on, on social media so people... And you know what they're looking for? They're looking for somebody to say, you were so beautiful back then. That's the <laughs> I mean, is that a, truly a compliment, by the way? Is that a, if they say you look nice back then, what are they saying? If somebody tell you, if they say you look cute when you was a baby, what is that saying? You're like, what happened? Did I lose my looks? I mean, I'm still the same. I'm the same yesterday. No, you ain't. You ain't like Jesus. <laughs> you remember? You remember to ask your name, Sammy? You remember? You remember? I remember. I remember. Remember I used to have my loved one there. We used to talk on every Christmas and Thanksgiving. I remember the time. But now they're not here. But guess what? We got to move on. Because guess what? God will give you the grace to move on. But you got to turn on the light. It's not just light at the beginning of the tunnel. There's light at the end of the tunnel. It's not just light in your past. It's light in your future. Come on now. Come on now. You can't just see. That's what happened. When, when, you, when you just remember how it used to be, what you're saying is there only, there's only light in my past. There's only joy in my past. There's only hope in my past. When my kids were little, boy, I remember they used to be so nice and so sweet. Now, God, they done got their own mindset. They went to school and trying to get intellectual with me, and I want to slap them back into tomorrow. Come on now. I mean, know what I'm talking about. But tell your neighbors, hey, but there are brighter days ahead. There are grandbabies that they're going to have for you, glory to God. And then you're going to have great-grandkids. Can I get an amen? And you might be walking a little bit slower, and you might not be able to do as much as you used to when you were a little 20-year-old, 30-year-old something, but you got wisdom now that you didn't have back then, and you can talk to people. You got to learn how to take joy in every moment of your life.
Look at what it says in Isaiah. Say every moment. See, next year we're going to be talking about the daily walk of a believer. And one of the things we're going to be talking about, even maybe Tuesday night, is, is how to rejoice on a daily basis. Because some of us, we wait for that moment to rejoice. When this, when we, you know, even this week for Christmas, when we knew we were going to get out, we said, I can't wait. I'm just going to be happy when we get. But well, what about being happy when your boss giving you extra work they didn't tell you about? What about rejoicing then? Do you know that's possible? Do you know that you can party in the middle of your problem? Because your joy supernaturally doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the, uh, it comes from the inside. So, so, so tell you everybody, this is possible. Okay? Go with me really quickly to Isaiah chapter, say, say neighbor, say it's time to wake up. Come on, tell him, say it's time to get up. I want you to go really quickly to Isaiah chapter 60 because there, I declare there are better years ahead of you. Amen. I declare there are good years that will still come in your life. Amen. I declare all your prosperous days are not over. Come on. I declare all your healed days are not over. Amen. I declare there's more that God has for you in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare there's a light shining at the end of the tunnel. Come on now. You're coming out of this dark place and you're coming back into the light. Amen. Can I be honest with you? Can I argue? You don't have to wait for your situation to change before you're back in the light again. See, supernatural joy can turn on right when you're in the midst of your trial and your tribulation. Acts 5 verse 41 says, they rejoiced when they were suffering for the name of Jesus. My Bible says, count it all joy. Y'all ain't talking to me. Oh, let me keep going. So, so you could turn on the light anytime. Say anytime. Mm -hmm. It says, arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine. For all, for the glory of, for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Look at what it says right here in, the, in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Isaiah 60, verse 1. It says in the Amplified Version, it says, Amplified, it says, arise from what? The depression. Ar see, depression will have you, see, even in the natural, when people have struggled with depression, their sleep patterns get off. It says, arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances. Have what? Have what? Have what? What circumstances are keeping you? What circumstances are holding you bound that are keeping you on your depressed bed? What is holding you captive? Whatever it is, I declare right now in the name of Jesus, it is breaking off of your mind. If you believe it's breaking right now, give a shout of praise to the Lord. That relationship, it might not have worked out, but I declare it won't get you stuck and it won't keep you stuck. The financial issue might not have worked out, but I declare it will not keep you stuck. There's more life to live. Come on, your health might be going through all types of changes, but I declare your health will not keep you stuck. Can I tell you this? You can be locked up physically, but don't ever, don't ever allow your praise to be locked up. Because even when Paul and Silas were in the jail locked up, their praise, their song kept rising. Nothing will ever lock up my praise. My finances might be locked up. My family might be going through. My children might be acting crazy, but I'm going to keep praise 
praising him. Yeah, 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 I will bless the Lord. Not some of the time, but at all times. It says, shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord. Why? Because your light. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to turn on the light. Turn on the light. Here goes the second question. And I've already said this. Are there any good years ahead? That's the other question. Have all my good years passed? Meaning, am I, you know, when, you know, when I used to be a little skinnier, I used to have a couple more muscles, had a little bit more money in my bank. Come on now. Everybody called my name. Everybody liked me. Have those, all those years passed? But here goes the other question on the other side. Are there any good years still ahead? And Psalms 27 verse 13 tells us something. KJV version. It tells us, it tells us in Psalms 27 verse 13, it tells us something. What does it tell us? It tells us, I have fainted unless I have believed to see what? In the land of living. <laughs> you know why people faint? Because they don't believe there are any good parts left in their life. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know why people leave a game early when it's a blowout? It's over. I mean, it's... So they get up and leave, even though they paid their money for that ticket. They get up and still leave. Why? Because it's going to be a waste of my time. That's why some people clock out emotionally, because they feel like this is a waste of my time to continue to live, to continue to stay in this marriage, to continue living for God. Come on now. They say it's a waste of my time. All of the good things are over with. Y'all ain't talking to me. It's all over. It's a blowout. We have lost. It's over. And they get up, and they start packing their stuff, and they get in their car, and they, go, they drive home. Why? Then they come back. You know what they find out sometimes later on? See, I was watching Ohio State last night. They weren't blowing them out, but they were up 13, I think, to zip. And I found out today they lost. Now, don't let me distract y'all too much. But can I tell you this? With God on your side, guess what? It can be zero. You know what God is like? I'm going to tell you. Now, this guy's not God. But have y'all ever watched them, that blue, red, and white team play football in the NFL? Okay, let me give you the initials of their quarterback. His name is TB. I'm going to help you out. Tom Brady. Okay, Tom Brady. You know what's interesting about that team? You got to be up like 1,000 to zero in the fourth quarter to beat them. They will come back from nowhere and they will, they beat everybody. You can never let your guard down with them because at any moment they can get a touchdown. They, I mean, they could be down three touchdowns with a minute left. They'll throw a touchdown, score, do an onside kick, get the ball back, score again. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And even if you get the ball, you would try to, you know, run the clock out. For those of you who don't know football, excuse me for this example. You try to run the clock out the last 50, minutes, 50 seconds. You try to run out, and somehow your quarterback, they'll make your quarterback get nervous. He'll drop the ball. He'll fumble. They'll get the ball back. Coach Billichek will go over there with his little headphone, his little sweatshirt on, start talking, cover up his mouth. Next thing you know, they tied. You're going into overtime. It's over. I'm going to tell you right now, you go into overtime with the Patriots, you lost. Because they can come back from anything. And can I tell you, there's somebody more powerful than the Patriots. 
He can come back from anything. You might be down zero to a hundred, but he said, all I really need is one second on the clock. I don't even need a second. Just give me a half of a second, and I can bring you back at the last minute. If you know God is a comeback God, give a shout of praise. Yeah, he's a comeback God with three days left on the clock in 2019. He's a comeback God. He can come back at the last minute and bring a victory that you never saw coming. Don't leave the game yet. When God's in the game, anything can happen. Because he's a comeback God. Tell your neighbor, say, anything can happen. Say, don't count him out yet. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's three days left on the clock. But anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's what happened with those Israelites. They were in front of the Red Sea. The, the Egyptians were behind them. Time was running out on the clock, and God came through, and he opened a way through the Red Sea because he's a comeback God. Honest truth, people left Jesus. They're giving up on him. Even the man who said, I'll never, I'll never deny you, Lord. He says, I'll die for you, Lord. And at the last minute, he gave up. But he didn't realize that three days later. Y'all didn't get what I said. I said he didn't realize that three days later. Y'all not hearing me. He didn't realize that three. That three. That three that there's a light that's going to burst forth, that there's a resurrection that's coming. Come on now. Tell your neighbor, say, how many of y'all believe, actually, say, how many of you believe that in three days God can bring you back? God can restore everything you lost this year in three days. Y'all ain't talking to me. Jesus came back in three days. Why? Because he's a comeback. All right, y'all sit down. Because he's the God of the comeback. He's the God of the comeback. God of comeback. Sarah, I know you ain't had a baby yet. But next year, this time, I know you old. But next year, this time, don't don't do that to me, Aunt. Don't don't don't. Don't, don't, don't do that. I'm a young pastor. Those, those days have not come yet. Amen. <laughs> say, say three days. All right, here we go. Here goes the other question we ask. He says, why am I being attacked like this? You ever ask that? God, why? Why is it so difficult? Psalms 23, verse 2, he says, for you are... For you are God, my only safe haven. In other words, you're my refuge. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Verse 3 says what? Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. I tell you this, when you're being attacked, 
you got to learn how to still find God. Talking about prayer, probably one of the, don't hold me to it, probably somewhere between the first and second Sunday, we're talking about prayer. You got to learn how to find God when it hurts. You got to learn how to praise Him when it hurts. Because He's your source of joy. Verse 4 says, There I will go to the altar of God, to the God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my heart. Here goes the other question we ask Does God care? That's really what we want to ask God sometimes. God, do you care about what's going on? Because sometimes God looks like he don't care. Y'all not being real. Your sanctified faces are not fooling me. You know how I know sometimes we feel like God don't care? Because we try to take matters into our own hands. So we say, God, if you ain't going to show up, at least I'm going to show up. And that's when we get in trouble. Try to get ahead, but we actually get behind. Because we don't really believe God cares. In Mark chapter 4, verse 38, this is what it asks. This is what the disciples ask. He asked, he asked, they asked Jesus, Mark 4, verse 38, New Living Translation. Mark 4, verse 38. It says, Jesus was sleeping. Whoo! That's a word right there. It's amazing that one of the only places you see Jesus sleeping in Scripture is in a storm. Jesus, you should be wide awake right now panicking with me. Don't you hate, uh, uh, not hate, let me use a nice word. Don't you dislike? Don't you prefer not? Is that nice enough? When you, when you all frantic, like this week, you all frantic trying to get everything ready for Christmas, and it seems like somebody just sleeping on you. They don't even care about it. They're not helping you get gifts for the kids. Come on now. They're just sitting back rubbing their belly, talking about when that food going to be ready. I'm not talking about as men. I'm not saying it's always men. But don't you hate when you over there working and, and you trying to, it's almost like Martha when she was working and cooking that big old dinner. She got mad. She said, she said, Matt, she said, Matt, this, she just sits at your feet. She lazy. She ain't a Proverbs 31 woman. Come on now. That's another story. In other words, you, you, you get to a place where you're like, do y'all care about what I'm going through? Do you care that the food's not going to be ready in time? You know, we're going to have to eat at 7 o'clock. We're going to do a whole fast if y'all don't help me out with this. Do you care, God? God, do you care? Do you really care? Do you really care? Because I've been doing a lot of prayer, but you still have not brought breakthrough. God, I've been fasting, turning over plates. I've been reading my word. I've been living holy, God. Do you care? That's a question we ask in a dark season of our life. And the disciples asked Jesus, who was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a what? We know what that means. He was comfortable. Don't y'all hate when people are just too comfortable in uncomfortable situations? Then you know what you try to do? You try to get them uncomfortable with you. You say, you, try, you don't care? Why ain't you? You don't care about it? You going to just let them come in and do this to our kids? They say, calm down. I already talked to the Lord. I got a word from God. You always need somebody to be able to calm you down. Everybody can't be excited. Everybody can't be a nervous wreck. Listen, if two, married, if two nervous wrecks marry each other, that's going to be a big old wreck. I'm telling you right now. Somebody got to be calm. You know, it's just like going to the movie. Both of y'all better not be crying. Somebody got to be able to, you know what I'm saying, get a tissue. You know what I'm talking about? 
By the way, let me just say this. <laughs> Never mind. Let me not say that. Amen. It's good to have the Holy Spirit. <sighs> and I know sometimes men, men care. We had a men's breakfast earlier this morning, too, by the way, y'all. But we got to let people react. But I believe it's key that we don't allow what it looks like to determine what it really is. Because even though he was sleeping, he was still in control. Can I give you a word? If God is not panicking, neither should you. If God is not nervous, neither should you be nervous. If he's sleeping, you might as well get your pillow out and slobber a little bit. But it says he was sleeping. He said, do you care that we're going to drown? Now, as I close, four things to remember as we ask these questions. Because we all ask them. Realize God is for you. In Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Number two, realize God is your source of joy. Look at what it says in verse 4 in Psalms 43 verse 4. I hope you're getting something out of this on today. It says, verse 4, for Psalms 43 verse 4, it says, Psalms 43 verse 4, amen. We thank God. There we go. It says, there I will go to the what? To God, the source of what? All my joy. I will do what? You know what the problem was? I believe he lost his praise in the midst of his pain. But he said, I'm going to the altar, the source, where I find God, the source. Say the source of my joy. Number three, the thing we need to remember when we're going through a start dark season is to ensure that our hope, ensure our hope is in God. Ensure our expectancy is in God. And then the last thing is we need to restore our praise. Restore our praise to God. Go with me to Psalms chapter 43. Say your name, say, get your praise back. See, you know what we're going to do Tuesday night? We're going to get our praise on. Because some people maybe lost their praise in 2019. But it ain't nothing worth taking my praise. There are three things I'll never lose. I'll never lose my appetite. Amen. i never lose sleep. And I'll never lose my praise. Those are three things I'll never lose. Paul told them they were all caught up in the shipwreck. He said, listen, y'all, eat something. Y'all sitting here worried about all this stuff. You need to eat something. Amen. Get some chicken legs. Hallelujah. Look what it says in Psalms 43, verse 5, and we're closing. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? He says, I will put my what? And he said, I will praise him what? Which means to me he lost his praise. Nothing should ever take your praise. I don't care how dark it is. Because I believe when we praise him, we magnify him. And when we magnify him, he gets bigger and greater than our dark situation. And we get focused on his face. And I believe when we get focused on his face, that his face will begin to shine. And light will begin to come in our dark season. So as we stand on our feet, can we end today with a praise to God? Can we end today magnifying him? Can we end the service lifting him up and rejoicing him? Not because our situation is changed, but because he's still good. And he's still for us. And he's still faithful. And he's still a comeback king. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, give it up, give it up, give it up.
Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, discouragement is breaking. Depression is breaking. That spirit of defeat is breaking off of you because you serve a comeback king. You serve a comeback God. Come on, declare over your neighbor. Say, neighbor, it's not over. So God says it's over. Say, all things are possible for them that believe. Every head bow, every eye closed. You come here today. You say, Pastor Josh, I felt like it was all over for me. Because of that, I tried to take things into my own hands. I've turned away from God, but I want to turn back to him. This is your opportunity today because with God, there's life. And with God, he's the Lord of the breakthrough. And I don't care what dead ends you've seen. God can turn your periods into a comma to be continued. So every head bow, every eye closed. When I count to three, raise your hand up. You say, I need some light in my life. I need some joy. You really can't walk in that light of joy to you surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. One, if that's you, when I say three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. Two, when I say three, you say, Pastor Josh, pray with me, pray for me. I will. If you just raise your hand, I will. Don't be ashamed and don't be afraid. Three, slip your hand up if that's you. I see that hand. Is there anybody? I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Raise it up high. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Raise it up high. Raise it up high. God loves you today. God cares for you today. Pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I return to you. I recommit to you. Lord, give me joy unspeakable that is full of glory. I declare light is shining in my life again. Jesus, you are my light, and I will not be afraid. I will not be depressed. I will not be discouraged because, Jesus, you're turning on the light today. And I thank you that I have hope in you. I have vision in you. And today, I'll run and not grow weary. I'll walk and not faint because, God, you are with me. And, God, you are before me. And, God, if you're for me, who can be against me? So, Lord, I end by praising you. And I end by thanking you because, Lord, you control everything. Come on, give a shout of praise if you believe it. Come on, play. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, lift it up. The song says, the song says, the song says, I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. And I tell you, neighbor, if he's done it before, he can do it again. Amen. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.